You better hold on tight, Spider Monkey. Welcome back to Frames and Fools. I'm Henry. I'm Dylan. I hate <laughs> I hate you so much. God, that was awful. Yep. That was incredible. Wait, who, who's that? <laughs> Wait a second. Oh, there's a third voice. What? Oh, that's me. Hi. I'm Kate. Do you find your thumb in a suit? I do find my thumb there! Do you find your thumb in a suit? Just tell us, sir. You have the ability to speak does not make you intelligent. No! No! Welcome to Frames and Fools. This week we watched the infamous film Twilight. The much maligned Twilight. Yes, and to help us discuss uh, this, this beautiful film, we... We had to bring on our resident Twilight specialist and uh, now New Yorker and good friend, uh, Kate, all the way from Brooklyn, New York. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. Wow. Whew, quiet down. Please, please. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome. Thank you. I'm honored to be here for your first female-directed film. Mm. That's true. Yeah. And our first guest. A lot of firsts. Double whammy. Breaking new ground there, Kate. All right, let's start out with the movie moments of the week. We will let our esteemed Twilight scholar go first. Uh, you got something good okay. for us, Kate? So I've been working from home for the last month. And this past week, we had our like weekly staff meeting, which we're all like in a Zoom conference. Mm-hmm. And each week, we have a background challenge where it's like a place you want to go after quarantine, someone you want to be quarantined with. So, like, everybody had their backgrounds as, like, celebrities or, like, memes. And then our directors joined the call, and they just, like, immediately deliver this, like, devastating news. And as they're breaking down how it's going to impact everyone individually, everyone just kind of slowly switched their background to normal, to, like, their drab apartment walls. (laughs) How many people are in the meeting? Like, 20. Ooh. So, like... It's like a weird, like... Ripple effect. Ripple effect of like, pop, 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 pop. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Leonardo DiCaprio vanishes. Oh my god, like sad little bubbles bursting. Mm-hmm. Tales from the Quarantine, episode two. <laughs> what was your background? My background was Claire Saffitz from the Bon Appetit Test Kitchen, like on day three. Good call. And so she's kind of like gazing off into space, like super depressed. And it was really fitting for the moment, so I didn't actually change it. Until everyone else had changed theirs back to normal. True hero. True hero. American hero. <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, Henry, you got a good one? Give me, give me time. You go, you go, you go. I don't have a many. I Really, just the, the bike thing. I just got a bike, and it came. And I didn't have a bike pump, and I really wanted to ride it. And I couldn't. And I just had to look at it. And I'm just sad. I feel like a little kid, you know, who just got, like, a new toy. And but they can't play with it because they have work to do or like because they're grounded. Yeah, because they're grounded. They have their chores to do. Yeah, exactly. Like this stupid fucking show. Like I have to do this. We should write a kid's book. No, I don't want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) You can write a kid's book. What would your kid's book be if like your movie moment? Like if you had a movie moment that you could turn into a kid's book. Whoa. Uh, It'd be called Henry's Bicycle Ride because uh, this past week. My coworker convinced me to go on the first like 
exercise-based bicycle ride I've gone on in years. Um, not great. Uh, my sit bones hurt. Uh, I forgot that I get, like, headaches if I work out too hard because I never work out. So I got about five miles out from my house. <laughs> and mind you, we were climbing a decent amount. Um, and we stopped for water, and he was like, all right, you ready for the next leg? And I was like, nope, I'm going home. This Fuck has been no. fun. <laughs> I'm so uh, so grateful you invited me out. Uh, good fucking bye. <laughs> and turned around, and I went home. Oh, my God. Um, but it was really fun, and there was definitely a moment where I was, like, going as fast as the cars, and I was, like, descending, and I felt, I don't know. I live in a beautiful place, so it's even when I'm in pain and my head hurts and I'm sweating. Cinematic. I'm still looking around like this is this is great, and it definitely felt like that part of the movie. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah. Speaking of being in pain and your head hurts and you're sweating, what did you think of Twilight? Oh my god! <laughs> Incredible segue from Kate. Uh, pain, pain is one thing, mm-hmm. but sort of a masochistic pain for me where I felt here's the thing I this movie made me feel so incredibly uncomfortable like it it hurt me to watch every interaction but after it was over I kind of wanted to watch it again yeah and like it it's like a weird it feels like my own personal brand of heroin is what it feels like. <laughs> oh, 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 no. <laughs> oh, man. Which Edward says at one point. I'm um, curious how many quotes you guys are going to get to before I do, because I have them all highlighted, hell, yeah. and we've already knocked two or three off the list. I mean, I really only have a few. I, I only think I have, like, two that I actually really, really liked. Mm-hmm. So, but they happen a little later in the movie. I'm not gonna spoil it just yet, but yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I got, I got invested, um, for sure. I, um, I feel like I was, I was struggling to come up with a good way, to kind of, summarize my feelings, and, I don't know, a beautiful train wreck wasn't appropriate because I feel like it's like it, it's not a train wreck. Um, I feel like it's successful in a lot of ways, but there is something like unsettling about it Mm -hmm. but i can't look away like normally i really don't like i don't i never watched the room i don't like movies that are bad for bad sake and this didn't feel like that i Mm -hmm. well even when it's uncomfortable and even when it's awkward yeah there was something where like i couldn't look away like i was uncomfortable but i was smiling somehow intrigued Mm -hmm. yes (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's like one of the most faithful book adaptations of all time because the source material just like is that bad and that weird. So I think it's like, oh my God, a fascinating example of like knowing you're taking something that's like kind of silly and stupid and uncomfortable, but like treating it with the utmost respect. Yeah. It felt like it wasn't a joke. Yeah. Like it, 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 it committed hard mm-hmm. to the. It yeah. fucking insanity that was happening. Like, it was just like, we're in, and we're going. Mm-hmm. Like, and we're, we'll, we'll dawdle every now and then, but we're not stopping, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Um, okay, I was going to ask you, because I looked up, I tried to look up the book summary, and I thought I was reading the summary of the movie, because 
as far as I can tell, and correct me if I'm wrong, they're almost exactly the same. Yes, there's very minor differences, and there are, like, one or two, like, major scenes that are left out, but otherwise, it's, like, wait, almost, like, word for word ripped from the book, almost. Are you serious? There's only, like, one or two scenes that are left out? Mm Mm-hmm. Which is kind of controversial. One of the scenes left out is there's, like, a scene where they're finding out their blood type in biology class, and Edward is mysteriously absent, and Bella faints at the sight of blood. So Mike Newton is trying to carry her to the nurse's office, and she's just kind of like, nope, just like, I'm going to lay down here on the ground, thanks. And then Edward just shows up and is like, come to my car and I'll play you Claire de Lune. Oh my, okay, hold on. That's insane, (laughs) for one. But also, you're telling me that there's no scenes to smoothen the, like, main, like, bad guy plot. It's just that shitty. They actually, I think, have improved upon it. So, like, the concept of them, like, hunting and, like, you know, like, that scene with Waylon where they're like, why are you here? What are you doing? This don't play with your food. And then they eat him. Like, that yeah. wasn't in the That's books. It? Because the books are completely are you... from Bella's perspective. So they added that in to kind of, like, oh, no. enhance the give plot. And give it something. Because, like, otherwise... yeah. And I mean, like, that's the thing is, like, a lot of people, especially based off of the trailer, think that the main plot of the movie is, like, the vampire hunter James, or not vampire hunter, but the vampire James trying to kill Bella. Yeah. But really, like, the plot of the movie is just, like, these two people want to be together, but they can't because... Yeah. And then James is just kind of, like, shoehorned in at the end for some reason. I don't know. It's so weird. It's, It's strange. That but that trailer, I know exactly what you're talking about. It first of all, the whole movie, like very well shoved into one little clip. They they really spelled it all out for you, hit the major beats. Um, but yeah, it very different looking film to watch the trailer. You'd think, yeah, it's this like pursuit movie with a vampire twist, and it. I mean, it, what what minute mark is it like? 40 minutes from the end, that whole deal starts? It, no, it's like... A, yeah, they, they show him. Like, they show the other mm. vampires, whatever his name is. Mm. James, is Victoria, name? and Laurent. Yeah, they show mm. them. So they kind of, like, give a little sprinkle. But then it's not till the baseball sequence, which we can talk about later, because I got major beefs, Ooh. that, like, the thing kicks off, and the only reason he's hunting her is just because he's a psychopath. He's just like a psychopath vampire. Yeah. It's like an hour medicine, and a half into the movie where they're like. Crazy vampire. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, this dude is just crazy. Like, there's no motivation behind any of this at all. They explain it in like 15 seconds. Edward's like, the hunt is an obsession. I read his mind. And then like, that's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. That part hurt. That, that yes. For some reason, that yeah. exposition for me was more uncomfortable than any of the romantic banter scenes. Like him being like, I read his mind. That's fair, yeah. The hunt is his obsession, and you're his most exciting game ever. I was like, oh, please don't no. say it like that. That's, no, no thank you. Yeah. Because the banter I can get behind, all the romance was... I enjoyed about an hour and a half of this. The baseball scene, I like masochistically enjoyed, and then... From there, it just kind of fell apart for me. The whole chase, I was like, wait, like, what is going on right now? Like, this guy is nuts. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. It was kind of fun. 
I had a good time. Yeah, overall, I had a great time, actually. I really enjoyed <laughs> this it. This is incredible. Wow. <laughs> I don't mean to say that, like, apologetically. How did your Twilight story start, Kate? Like, Ooh, like okay. we, we chose this movie because we had never seen it, either of us, and we knew you, who you're a big you're a big believer in this movie mm -hmm. so i was 12 when twilight came out so like i was like peak target demographic but i didn't really care for the most part and the only reason i kind of knew the movie was coming out was because i was like trolling the imdb message boards back when that was a thing and the trailer and the poster were on the front page and i like saw Kristen stewart and at this time i was like not aware that I was bisexual, and I was just like, oh my god, she's so hot. I mean, Edward's with butt, and I just, like, watched the trailer and was, like, hooked. <laughs> I read the book in, like, five hours and, like, tried to read the entire series before the movie came out, but my mom wouldn't let me because she was like, this is insane and you need to calm down. I saw it, like, twice in theaters, and then, like, around that time is kind of when the rest of the world discovered Twilight, and they were, like, deep like they just hated it so much and like picked apart every aspect of it and I became like really embarrassed that I even liked it at all so I just kind of like shifted teams and became very like eh, Twilight's so stupid but deep down I think like I genuinely hated it like there is a lot to hate about Twilight like I, all of the not all of the discussions but like the fact that it's not a healthy relationship oh it's real fun that it's pretty racist blah 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 like that's all fair and that's all valid and I accept yeah. all of that but like so I just kind of put it aside for like six years. And then I was a uh, second year of college. I was really drunk and my friends decided like, let's watch it and like make fun of it. And I was watching it and I was like, this is actually really good. Like this is <laughs> how I felt when I was like 17 and I just liked someone so much. I like couldn't look at them. Obsessed. And so I felt like, you know what? Like I'm just going to reclaim this. And I watched the rest of the series and it's horrible. Like it's just absolute dog shit. I want to like watch the, next the rest movies. of them, though. Like, I actually want to know what happens. I hate to say this, but, like, I'm hooked. No, me too. Dylan, we should I gotta know. watch them. Yeah, we, we should. absolutely should, because I got to mm. know where when Jacob shows up again. Goofy-ass motherfucker Taylor Lautner. Like, wild casting there. What's Victoria going to do? All that. Oh, my like, God. Oh, there's I, so much I, fun. I, we yeah. can't go down this path because, like, all, yeah. No, 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 no. But, like, then to sum up, like, but I still wasn't really, like, a fan. I was just kind of like, oh, Twilight's great. But, like, whenever I would bring it up at film school, and especially in front of men, they were always so immediately disgusted and, like, angry about the fact that, like, I, a film major, like, dared to say Twilight is pretty good. So... Yeah, so I kind of just, like... It's a punching bag. It's a weird cultural punching bag. And it's strange, because I, I don't know if you guys looked at the PowerPoint I sent you, but, like... Of course we did. Oh, we did. There are way worse film adaptations out there with, like, arguably way better subject matter. Hmm. But, like, for some reason, like, this first film, directed by Catherine Hardwick, is incredible and is, like, the one that kind of started it all and no one else was really able to measure up, like, even a little bit. So mm -hmm. the more I like got into like drunken arguments with people about it, like the more I kind of started to carve out like my own reasoning for why it was good. And then in 2018, the Twilight Renaissance happened where just like a bunch of like grown women Wait, like, yeah, it's like, remember when I was like, let me know when you watch it so I can send you memes like people oh, on shit. Tumblr. Yeah, yeah, like, there's yeah. a Because all of a sudden and I 
I was aware of that, but I obviously I'm not. I don't know. I've I've never been that close to this franchise, so to me, this casual observer, where you know I'd make jokes back in the day, but at a certain point, I just got really tired of being on bandwagons, especially like negative ones, where I was like, you know what, fuck it. There's tons of bad movies. Why do I need to beat up on this one? So I kind of just haven't cared about it. Yeah. Even though I've kind of followed Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson since then with great interest. So there's always been this fascination with Twilight for me where I'm like, what a crazy way to start your careers and just be shoved into this international spotlight. But all to say, like, I really didn't care about the series that much. But there was like this weird revival where all of a sudden it was kind of coming back and, you know, people had very fond memories of it, but it still had that lingering taste for a lot of people of, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of weird, not misogynist, but but kind of energy towards it, where if you liked it, yeah. there's like this very dismissive, kind of vitriolic, well, you must not know anything, kind of. About anything, yeah. Yeah, the same kind of thing. Anytime people talk about romance novels or, to some extent, YA stuff, that's that same brand of, like, spite and meanness. I don't know weird mm-hmm. what is the the 2018 renaissance yeah break that down I, like I, I didn't know about what the fuck is this like what does that mean so like t- the movie came out in 2008 so like 2018 was the 10 year anniversary and i think the past 10 years have been like a long fucking 10 years mm-hmm. and i think a lot of people kind of came to realize that a lot of that hatred just kind of stemmed from misogyny mm-hmm. and like a hatred of teenage girls and so a lot of those teenagers like now grown up were like you know what we're taking this back from Stephanie Meyer and we're making this good. And we're like forming our own head cannons and like making memes about it. (laughs) And we're just going to enjoy it. And fuck you. If you're like still complaining about this franchise 10 years later. Yeah. Why? Waste your energy on it. Like, that's my thing is like, just have fun. Who cares? Yeah. That's why I was so enraged when you were like, Robert Pattinson's come such a long way since twilight did i say house you said that that's why i said (laughs) okay okay what i meant what i meant was like i find it so interesting that like the two like harry potter and twilight you know like the warring like young adult books essentially the actors in those like the stars one was just hated almost universally and one was Mm -hmm. like held up as like the best like you know young adult book adaptations and the actors now have kind of not flip-flopped, but, like, Robert Pattinson is, like, the best actor on the planet. Indy Darling, who has this, like, blockbuster comeback all of a sudden. Yeah, and Kristen Stewart is doing all these crazy things, Mm -hmm. and um, all the other, like, Harry Potter homeboys are just kind of chilling out. Like, they're good, don't get me wrong, but I'd much prefer Mm -hmm. to see Kristen Stewart or Robert Pattinson in a movie now as opposed Mm -hmm. to all the Harry Potter homies, weirdly enough. Yeah. Which I think is a fun... It's just, like, an interesting like flip flop of the the everyone making fun of Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson's like like I wanna fuck energy acting like mm-hmm. all the time. And now they're just like the best actors. Can we talk about their their performances? Can we get into that a little holy, bit? Holy holy hell yeah. man. Yeah. I <laughs> honestly it's, it's electric. I think it carried a lot of this where it's weird and God Edward is stiff a lot of the time and Bella is kind of like, I, I couldn't even find a word to describe it, but like something about it, you you want to know what's going to happen, and there is that sort of star-crossed 
vibe to it all, partially because it's two ridiculously gorgeous human beings just staring at each other. A lot. A lot. And, like, convulsing. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's a lot of convulsing happening. And that first scene in, not the first scene, but, like, when she first meets him in the mm -hmm. biology class or whatever it is. Yeah. And he, there's that weird montage of the class, and he's just, like, fucking, like, staring it at her head. Like, the yeah. whole time. <laughs> just straight and she's at like, her. And then when the, cra the crossfade happened, I was like, oh, he's still, he's just staring at her. Yeah. And I was like, There is a moment, passage of time, and he is still staring. <laughs> and it makes sense, because he wants to, like, drink her blood, and, you know, I get it. It's also yeah. super, super uncomfortable. He's just sitting there imagining all the ways he could kill her basically like there's like a book that never got released it's a long story but there's a book that never, never got released it's this. twilight from edward's perspective and yes. like that chapter is like uncomfortable he's just like i could snap everybody's necks in seven seconds and she wouldn't even notice and then i could have my time and it's just like what the fuck yeah dude why is I, this hot i want to read that book <laughs> I, I i heard about that and i was like oh this is definitely what i want i think there's like no denying that there's something there like they really brought the heat yeah. with the acting like now watching it like basically 20 times like the like level of discomfort for me is like completely gone and i can just like pay attention to the most like minute details mm -hmm. of every single performance and it's honestly insane like how much they're putting into it or maybe i'm just insane and i'm projecting but like every little moment especially with robert pattinson like where he's just like there's a scene where he's like it wouldn't be like drinking your blood, for instance. And Bella's kind of like, haha, weird. Mm. And he like makes this little expression like, why did I just say that? <laughs> he lo Yeah, he looks like he has this inner monologue going on constantly. Trying to like make light of this situation. He's like, too soon, yeah. too soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do I approach this situation? In a weird way, like, this is a good metaphor for what it's like to like, like somebody when you're in high school. Your body is convulsing, and you're just like, uh, hi, uh, I don't know. You have all these raging thoughts, and you're like, yeah. oh my god, I'm a monster. Yeah, yeah. You shouldn't be near me. I'm disgusting. <laughs> can I? Can we talk about their fr her friends? They're kind yeah. of assholes. They're kind of mean <laughs> to her. I, did any? Did nobody else I'm... feel this way? So I think Jessica is definitely mean to her, and she's definitely written that way. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like everyone else, like, they don't really see Is her as a Anna person. Anna Kendrick? Anna Kendrick, yeah. yeah. Like, I feel like everyone else doesn't really see her as a person. They just kind of see her as, like, a prize or a toy. Like, she's the new girl. Yeah, okay. So they're not, like, very totally. nice. But I think, like, honestly, like, the classmates are, like, they were my favorite part of the movie this last watch. Oh, yeah. like, they're just so real they're, and oh, grounded. Dude, I thought... The, the real moment when I was like, oh, these are real, is when um, the yearbook guy has the worm on the stick. And he, like, goes up to her and he's like, hey, it's a worm. It's and, a like, worm. She's like, fuck, dude. And he's like, <laughs> and, like, giggles around. And they're all just having a great time over there. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's re that's definitely it right there. That's high school in a nutshell for you. The, the, the white guy who kind of looks like Edward, you think he might be the vampire at when he first meets her. He gets hit in the head or whatever. Oh, Mike Newton? Mike Newton. There's one line when he said, when she first starts dating Edward. When she first starts dating him, he goes up to her and is like, so you dating Edward? And she was like, yeah. And he's like, I don't like that. That's, no. And it was like, 
what kind of <laughs> asshole of a person goes up to somebody he's like, hey, you dating this person? And they're like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, I don't like that. And then that's it. Like, that's the end of the conversation. Has that not happened to you? No. Pe- generally, people are, like, kind of nice about it. Maybe maybe to you, white boys. No, but I've, I've, I've seen friends do that where, and even had, like, I mean, it comes from that, like, jealous place, right? Where someone's like, even if they're happy, even if they're with someone else, there's this feeling of, like, oh, well, there's still this possessiveness. Yeah, no, it, it, it felt real in that sense where someone's just, like, fuck that guy, he's handsome and gloomy and has this thing that I don't and he got you and I wanted you. I don't like it. And then the girl's like, "What? cool, <laughs> bye. Why are you telling me this? I've definitely I've definitely okay. seen that. That's yeah, fair. exactly. That's fair. I mean, all of, like, Mike and Eric and um, the dude at the van, like, when she shows up and everyone's just, like, hovering around her and, like, kissing her and calling her baby... And it goes on for a really long time, like several days, and people just kind of touch her a lot, and like, so it's very uncomfortable. Like, I don't know, man, it, the high school's got such a weird vibe, because everyone's so welcoming, and like, there's not the normal high school movie conflict or cattiness, like everyone's pretty welcoming. Kind of. But it, there's like this underlying crackle of like, I don't know. Tension. This, this, is, a, this is a tense yeah. movie. Well, I think it, like, kind of highlights, like, how isolated Bella as a character feels and how depressed she is. That, like, she's surrounded by all of these people who are very welcoming, but, like, none of them are really asking her personal questions. And they all, like, have these assumptions about her and are, like, ready to use her for their game. Or they're like, I want to write about you in the newspaper. Aren't people from Arizona supposed to be, like, really tan? And none of them are, like, actually trying to, like, connect with her. Yeah. As a person. And Edward's the only one who sees her as a human and being. Wants her. And wants to eat her. <laughs> and smells, and smells her. her. And does a lot of weird, weird things. Uh, this movie is kind of like, for me, it feels similar to Fast and Furious. In in the mm-hmm. sense that it's like a 2008 time capsule. Where like, everything about it, you're just mm, like, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. oh god, I remember all of that. Like, just the, the vibes, the clothes, like... All of it is just—it's—it's it's a period piece almost, except it was just yeah. made. It's the time, that yeah. It's just—it's like someone really wanted to make a movie about two thousand eight, and they, and they did the it. damn thing. Like the for, for some reason, like the textures of people's shirts, I was like, oh, that's two thousand eight. In the way that they're fitted, yeah, the yeah. fashion. Somehow Edward escaped that. I feel like everyone else looked very dated, and somehow he was always He's wearing timeless. like cool kind of because he's a vampire shit. yeah maybe that was on purpose mm-hmm. supposed to be yeah i guess he's just got better fashion sense because he's undead but like only in this movie well they're like they're yeah they're like the rich people they have that sick ass house oh the house is great his room yeah is great the whole thing is awesome and the family i really love the family too like yeah big fan of dr cullen or whatever whatever his name is <laughs> Fucking love he showed that up guy. and I was like, yeah, Carlisle. Yeah, Fuck yeah, yeah. Carlisle. Okay, look He's at you. Sick, dude. I firmly believe everyone's movie going experience needs to be enhanced by like that scene where he first walks in, someone has to yell, Daddy! <laughs> <laughs> or it doesn't count. When he first showed up, my first thought was, how the f- do people not realize how white these motherfuckers are? Like, they are like 
like white. He's white. so pale. Yeah, like pale. So pale. I was shocked. I was like, how are people? They're just not like, oh, they're me? Swedish. Like, just just lie to him. I don't know. Well, props to him for not like you know stealing blood and stuff. He's a doctor. It's pretty wild. Yeah. I was like, that's a great end. Like, you could have easily set that up that way so that you could drink human blood but i don't know i dig his mission i dig the whole like vampire good guy thing like i want to know more about carlisle i want to know about the first 220 years of his life all that shit you got any good fanfic for us some carlisle fanfic you can send us i don't even need fanfic i can just tell you his (laughs) actual backstory really do you know his actual backstory yeah oh shit we know oh. every, everyone's backstories are fascinating, and if you don't mind, like you can edit this no, out, no. but I would love to tell you everything. People can't see, but I'm like settling in, in my chair right now. <laughs> I want this. Carlisle, give it to me. So, Carlisle was born in like 1640, I want to say, in London, England, okay. and he's the son of a pastor who like was just like really anti-evil and like witches and devils and vampires or whatever. Right. And they, like, killed a lot of innocent people because he was just so convinced that they were witches or vampires or whatever the fuck. So he, like, was leading a crusade against vampires and actually finds a vampire and he gets bitten. And he, like, crawls into the sewers and, like, waits to die, but he doesn't die. He becomes a vampire. cool. And he's, like, so repulsed with himself. He, like, doesn't know what to do. And, like, eventually I think he, like, eats rats or something like that. And, like... He joins, like, the Italian vampire cult for a few years, and then finally he just, like, swims across the Atlantic and goes to America because he's just, like, so fed up with the shit and is like, I want to be a vegetarian. Hell yeah. So that's what, The most exciting one is Rosalie's backstory. Really? Is she the one with the spiky hair? No. No, she's the oh, blonde, she's blonde one. one. The annoying, the, the mean one? Yeah. The mean one. Or the... Yeah. The, okay. The mean one, also known as the only reasonable person in the whole film, other than Charlie. Also true. But... Her backstory is that, like, she was, like, I want to say, like, in, like, the 1930s, like, Depression era, and she was, like, this really beautiful girl, and she was set to marry this banker, and she ran into him one night while he was out drinking with his friends, and they, like, raped her to death, basically. Jesus. And Carlisle stumbled upon her, and at this point, he'd, like, just turned Edward. Edward had been, like, a vampire for, like, ten years, and he was being, like, a depressed little shit, so he was, like, maybe if I get Edward a wife, he'll be happy, so he turns... Rosalie into a vampire and she's like what the fuck I don't want to be a vampire like I was ready to die like this horrific thing just happened to me so she like hunts down all of the men that like gang raped her and she leaves her like fiance for last and she like shows up in a wedding dress and he's like hiding out like in a hotel or something because he knows she's coming for him because she's like horrifically murdered all his friends and she shows up in a wedding dress and just like whoa that's actually pretty cool and then yeah, everyone's backstories are way more interesting than I, the actual. I feel like that's usually the way it goes <laughs> with a lot of fantasy stuff, where, like, the backstories are sick, and we're like, we want to see that, and then they show it to us, we're like, actually... I didn't want to see that. I don't think I, I wanted to see that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry I said that. But the uh, the vegetarianism thing. Edward said this one line, I'm a vegetarian. This The fucking one line, he's a, a vegetarian in his, like, you know vampire world and he says it's like eating tofu for the rest of your life you just don't get the satisfaction forever and i was like bitch fuck off man tofu's good okay 
And, like, we're not just these, like, carnivorous... <laughs> like, whoever wrote that line yeah, has never like, eaten tofu. Or they were just, like, the, the most carnivorous of people, and they're like, tofu is trash. Like, I hate tofu so much. That line pissed me off, because I was like, you're supposed to be a vegetarian, you know? Also, how does he know about tofu? Like, he doesn't eat. He hasn't eaten since, like, 1912 yeah. or 1918. He must, he must have heard people be like, yeah, tofu sucks, dude. He can read minds, you know? Maybe that's why the comparison. Can read minds yeah. too. Oh yeah, good yeah, point. which is a pretty wild. I, do vampires actually have that sort of weird history where they can oh. do a bunch of weird shit, or is that just like some story element bullshit that they needed? Yeah, let's let's talk about like the specific vampires in this comparatively. Um, so I I wrote actually wrote down like the vampire rules for this, like the original vampire rules, or these ones for the movie. So this, yeah, this is what I gleaned from this movie. So, yeah, okay, we'll start with that, and then we'll do just normal vampires. Normal vampires, as if that's a clean category. Um, in this movie, they've got, like, they sparkle in sunlight. Um, not quite sure what that's about. Big fan of that. But it, it looks cool. It looks dope. Speed, strength, um, heightened <laughs> senses. And then it seems like everyone gets a almost X-Men-like extra power. Um yeah, they're like the X-Men. Like, Edward's super fast and can also read minds. Um, um, Esme, <laughs> not Esme, um, damn it. The one girl has future sight. Yes. Thank you. What's his face? Uh, not Kenneth, fucking. Bro guy? No, James. Bro guy? James just has, like, Emmett. really oh. good, oh, um, really good senses, I guess. Yeah, Emmett's super strong. Carlisle's fucking beautiful. Um <laughs> He is beautiful. <laughs> um, he truly, ev- everyone's very pretty. Do you want to know two that they don't bring up in the movie because they're like too stupid for words? What? Yes. So Esme's power, she's the mom, is uh-huh. an enhanced ability to love. That's so dumb. And Rosalie's, Rosalie's is just enhanced beauty. So like all vampires are supposed to be beautiful, but she's yeah. just enhanced beautiful. beautiful. Damn. <laughs> enhanced beauty. Could you ima- imagine that? Like, you're already beautiful. And somebody's like, all right, your superpower is enhanced beauty. Well, and, and like, doesn't what? Jasper... <laughs> Jasper's supposed to have the ability to manipulate emotions. Which, I was yes. like, the new guy? The new guy can manipulate emotions? No. The guy who's trying to eat everyone all yeah, the time? Yeah, the guy who's like, like, I'd love to just... <laughs> He's so, like, Dylan and I made the same weird, like, neck back, like, wide-eyed face that he makes the whole fucking movie. Um, He was one of my favorites. Them two were my favorite He committed to the bit. He looked so uncomfortable the whole time. Um, So those are, like, the special mutanty powers. I feel like the big difference with this one from standard, um, you know, vampire lore, they didn't really talk about weaknesses. They didn't talk about... They talked about fire, and they talked about dismemberment, but they didn't talk about, like, steaks, garlic, none of that. Um, the vampires can go out during the day, and they can be in um, sunlight. There was no mention, at least in the movie, of having to be invited in. That's a big one in a lot of vampire stuff. Um, they don't sleep ever, as compared oh, yeah, to vampires true. who have to sleep to regenerate. During the day? Um and, they sleep during the and day. And none of this is like a rule, right? Vampire myths are so widespread and so varied that it really kind of comes down to our modern pop culture perception of them. But like, 
yeah, it had some pretty interesting twists on, you know, the original formula, which I think made it a lot more interesting because then all of a sudden you can meet a vampire at high school instead of like, there's this kid who only ever hangs out in the arcade at night. Like, it, it opened yeah. it up a lot more. <laughs> um, I do like the, I love the, uh, the sparkling. I gotta say. Backstory on I thought that. I wasn't gonna Do they have, it. like, diamond tough started... skin or something? Or is it just sparkly? One second. Because I'd, like I'd like to read a quote from the Twilight Director's Notebook, the story of how we made the movie based on the novel by Stephanie Meyer. So the, this is the quote from the book. Edward in the sunlight was shocking. His skin was white despite the faint flush from yesterday's hunting trip literally sparkled like thousands of tiny diamonds were embedded in the surface a perfect statue carved in some unknown stone smooth like marble glittering like crystal and then Catherine hardwick has a little note that says thanks stephanie that sounds easy not (laughs) (laughs) so they apparently like spent months trying to like get that because like what does that look like and that's like that's what that looks like what i find so impressive they nailed it this film is like so much of the book is like what the fuck is that like the way that alice pitches in the baseball scene with like a oh. little kick is oh, like in the books God. it's like she pitches with all the grace of a ballerina and it's like that's the fuck? it that but that's Excuse it me? that's exactly the way that i would describe that right and so like yeah. it's just honestly like incredible to me yeah. that Catherine hardwick like took this like insane book and made it something palpable actually and, like, made edward sparkle in a way that like actually makes sense it was actually like, kind of dope being 12 yeah i was like 12 and reading that and was like that sounds stupid like what the what yeah they like? sparkle in body glitter yeah yeah well that's when people were like making fun of it they're like oh they made vampires sparkle that's so lame and i never actually saw it so i was like i guess that does sound kind of stupid weird thing to fixate on too like i feel like of the things you could mock him yeah. being gorgeous in the sunlight is not like the worst slightly thing. homophobic <laughs> feels slightly homophobic and it's like oh he sparkles that's not manly like a little bit actually that's so no lame. that's true but it was cool well, it's like weird like the stephanie meyer vampires are definitely like coded as like they don't have to hunt you they just have to like ensnare you like they're so like physically beautiful they don't need to try to kill you and i think like that's like edward's like little like edward monologue it's is about stupid. It's like oh my god this is the skin of a killer because i'm just so hot like you just want me to like bite you <laughs> that in that whole sequence when he is like when he's like showing off his powers the first one he what does he say he's standing there and he's like as if you could run away from me and then he like like yeah. jumps into the like <laughs> jumps into the trees all that whole sequence was wild because he had the similar like body shaking like convulsions and the eyes and was like look how fucking cool I am and then you know jumping left and right and whatnot and ripping trees out of their sockets. Oh wait, it, that that does remind me of something. As if you could, yeah, it, it feels like I don't know as, like as if you in the lie. myths when like a god is showing off to a mortal or something and the mortal is like holding their own because of their mm-hmm. wit or something like yeah. that. Like it, it felt like that kind of scene I've seen before. It felt like, yeah, but if she had like tricked him into turning into a sparrow and then she like, you know, put him in a cage, like that would have been the cherry on top that made it feel like an old Greek myth or something. It had those vibes, like those familiar, yeah, weird, just yeah. separate from reality kind of vibes. Demigod. Yeah. Yeah. Coming down and like showing off. Yeah. 
there's one moment where she um she's trying to look up vampires because she thinks she's trying to like check it out mm. this is what she does she goes on the internet the place of all the source of information she types it in she scrolls down through she passes all the information and goes for where can i find a book about this and find somewhere to buy a book about it instead of just reading the information it's because <laughs> bella swan is an icon that supports independent booksellers <laughs> Also, you can think about it like everybody knows like what vampires are. Like everyone has like a cultural understanding of it. So it she's probably so like weird. looking for something a little bit more. I, I get that. It makes sense to I don't me. Know. But when I first saw it, I was like, okay, she's going to research it. And then skip, skip, skip book results. Where can I can go we, buy it? Okay. All right. Can <laughs> I point out though? Okay. I think the the Google search scene in this looks a lot better than other searches in movies with much higher budgets. I feel like so many times movies, especially from this era, do internet search scenes, and it always pisses me off because they'll, like, search something, and they either get, like, perfect results, or I don't know what movie it was, but there was some movie where someone, like, Googled their own name, and it was, like, no results found. And they were, like, oh. And they were, like, sad about it. And I was, like, that doesn't (laughs) happen. Like... We're so familiar with how the, the internet rolled, works. Guys. So to see like the screen yeah. and Google show up and it's got results and it looked good. Like whether or not the logic of it made sense or, you know, her choice to go support your local bookstore in uh, Port Angeles. Um, whether or not that makes sense. I was like, this is nice. <laughs> like she's Googling and it looks like Google and there's yeah, results. And that's true. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, Can I'm we fi- talk for a second about the budget, actually? Please. 40, 000, $40 That's so it? So they had, they had $37 million to make it, which the reason why they got $37 million was because another movie that was a book adaptation of like a popular like teen girl book was The Sisterhood of the Traveling mm-hmm. Pants, yeah. and that made $37 million at the box office. So they were like, that's your money. That's what you get. What? For context, the movie Aragon, which came out like Ugh, four years woof. previously, that hurt so bad. Had a hundred million dollars. What woof. a oh my god! What a trash, trash piece of work. I have like two little anecdotes from this movie that I think like really show how little money they had for this movie. Catherine Hardwick really wanted Alice and Jasper to like leap into the Cullens' house from a tree. It's, oh, it's such a cool effect. And they were like, you don't have the money for that. Like, we can't do it. And Catherine Hardwick was like, fuck you. What if we get a tree limb and we, like, strap it to a picnic table off camera and they just do that? And they were like, yeah, why not? And so they did that. And it was dope. Like, if they had the money, that scene would have been fucking whack, yo. I I gotta say, VFX-wise, the understated stunts and effects were the best ones. When they came into the house, that was way more convincing than almost any other effect. All of the fast motion all of the like stopping the boat from going and there's a weird like kind of like weird glitch thing going on not did not age well i don't think it was even good to begin with but Mm -hmm. there were smaller and i'm glad to know there's a story behind the jasper and alice entrance because that was one of the few times where i was like oh cool like vampires doing vampire things and it's like yeah kind of hidden kind of off screen like it, it screams you know budget restraints and ingenuity and I was like, do more of that. 
Yeah. Like, there are a lot of unconvincing effects in contrast. I think it comes down to, like, it's, but it's weird because, like, the rest of the franchise, the effects are also, like, really horrendous. Yeah. And they had way more money. So I just, I don't like, know. Like, where did the money go? Uh, into the director's pockets, I guess. They had to sell their souls to oh. Dane to make a Twilight movie. No. Brief aside, the director of the third movie, Eclipse. Mm-hmm. I forget his name, but he's the guy who directed Hard Candy and 30 Days of Night. Oh. When Twilight came out, he was quoted saying, like, someone asked him, like, oh, you made a vampire movie. Did you ever watch Twilight? And he's like, Twilight, not drunk, not on acid. Put a gun to my head, just shoot me. Oh, my God. And then three years later, they're like, would you like to direct a Twilight movie? And he was like, yeah, why not? Which one was that? Is that the last? That's the third one. The third one. So part one? Wait, one more flip back and then I'm done. Sorry. (laughs) So the scene at the end where James and Edward are fighting and Edward, like, rips out. His James throat? Love it. Yeah. That's melted cheese. <laughs> yeah, okay. I could see it. I was curious what that was. It was a good effect. Just a melted cheese stick that they... <laughs> that is it's, it's got that ligament feel to it. Even, like, in that brief moment, he, like, pulls it off and does the head thing, like the velociraptor, like, yeah. grabbed it and then, like, chucked it with his head and it did the... And kind of flew off screen. <laughs> I was into it. I was like, this is a solid stunt. I, My first viewing out loud, I went, whoa, throw rip. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was just like, happy to see James awesome. get fucked up because I hated the character. I hated the actor. So annoying. I hated Everything. the like plot line. I hated the, the pseudo menacing, like, <sighs> kind of like you can mock it so easily because it's been. I feel like anytime there has to be a bad guy in something and people don't feel like putting in any effort, they either do like a maniacal crazy character or they do like the, Mm -hmm. like, he's a force of nature who doesn't know how to restrain himself. Like, it's so tired and I hated every second of him. Yeah. He was originally cast as Emmett, like the big burly brother, and he was like, hey, can I be the bad guy instead? Oh, no, don't let them decide that. That's not a good idea. I kind of love that, actually. (laughs) I kind of love that he was like, hey, thanks for giving me a job, but uh, what if you gave me the other one? <laughs> like, that's so, what a flex, actually. Um, the Speaking of where all the money went, um, this gripe is going to kick off just like a, a spew of my frustrations with how baseball is handled in this whole movie. And I, 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 I have to say Let's it. I'm get sorry. Into it. I have to say it. Let's do it. No. I, I'm a huge baseball fan, and I'm going to preface this with I'm really glad that baseball is in this movie, and it makes me really happy, and it makes sense why. Here's the thing. If, when people are like, why are they playing baseball? I was like, yeah, that's kind of weird, but it makes sense to me because a lot of the photos and like when they all were like, you know, made into vampires, a lot of that was like in the early 1900s, and that's when baseball was like popping off. So like more than half their life, Baseball's been the shit. So, I'll be okay with that. There's one... And it's so cute. They all have matching outfits, and they all go out. They're like, it's a thunderstorm. Let's go to the park. And they, like, go play baseball. I love it. It's so charming. It's... There's one scene where he catches the ball. The the last part when, when, what's his name, like, the other bad guy throws it to him. And he catches it. And, um... It's fake. It's like a fake 
CGI ball, yeah. and I was like, what the fuck? Why are you spending money on this? They had to use, like, a an orb for some reason. I don't remember it, why. It really, like, blew my mind and was very frustrating. And, and that, se- that sequence actually didn't bother me too much. It was weird, but I was okay with it. The thing that did bother me, a goof, inconsistent goof, um... Paul, what's his name? Paul, the boyfriend? Uh, not Paul. Um, the mom's what? boyfriend. Steve? No. Phil. Phil. Phil, Phil, Phil. Paul. Oh, is this about the depiction of the minor leagues? Yes. Training? I got okay, a bone. I, I, have, a... I have, like, prepared rebuttals. Prepared rebuttals for this. Okay. All right. And I, so... I think I know what they are. First bone to pick. Um, when uh, the dad in the wheelchair comes over and they're like, First game of the season. And it's probably the end of March is when the first game of the season is. And then mm-hmm. later in the movie, they're like, Phil's still in, in spring training. N- no. The, the spring but, training okay. sometimes continues for minor leaguers occasionally, mm-hmm. which I understand that. But it logically makes no sense at all. It doesn't. It's not like what traditionally happens, but it's still possible that he could have been cut from the major league roster and then moved to minor league spring training. Yeah, but, okay. Because minor league spring training goes on for longer than major leagues. So, like... That's And also, he's going from Arizona to Florida, so he probably got traded to, like, the Jumbo Strip or whatever the fuck. And, like... That's fair. Still has some stuff to do. Because the baseball sequence was, like, weird and annoying, but, like, at least they could all semi-handle a bat. I've seen worse baseball sequences, to be perfectly honest, where, like people don't even know how to like swing a bat so well, can we talk about the dads in this movie if we're gonna I'm all the, shocked all the dads. it's taken us this long to talk about charlie swan charlie's awesome he I... holds my favorite he holds my favorite line in the whole movie when he says oh uh any of these yahoos doing it for you or something he says yahoos <laughs> and it was like so, so <laughs> funny i was like oh yeah this guy's great love this guy you like purple right that's another good good quote for me. My yeah. favorite is like it's their first like dialogue of the whole movie. It's like hair looks nice. It's longer last time I saw you. She's like, I actually have cut it since since then. He's like, Ah, guess it grew out again. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was so awkward, so <laughs> wonderful. But he's trying. He's fucking trying. I loved it. And I think this whole movie for me was like a subversion of a lot of shit I was expecting. Um, like the high school drama was different than I thought. There was a lot more positivity for all the problems, all the yeah. like female friendships as well were less catty than I feel like they're often depicted in like mm-hmm. high school movies. Yeah. The dads in this movie yeah. are great. Like across the board. Um, Charlie's fantastic. He doesn't do say much. Like... He's awkward, but like he's constantly trying uh, Carlisle's the shit. He's just great. He's um, the best, man. He's like I super encouraging so and like takes care of everyone and also like pushes them to he's be just better. Peaceful. Yeah, I want to hug. Even him. Uh, I wanna give him big old hug. Billy Black. I don't mm-hmm. think we got enough of him to really get a read on him. But I didn't realize that scene early on with yeah. the truck, dude. That was so heartwarming. And like Bella comes out, so and I was nice. honestly expecting the typical scene where the dad's like. Well, I, uh, I I got you a I got you a truck and the girl to be like oh, thanks, 
I don't really, you know, like I was ready for it to get shot down and to be awkward. And then everyone to kind of grumble and uncomfortably where the girl's like, thanks. And she's like upset that her dad went this extra mile and got her this dope Chevy. But she's not. She lights up and she's like, oh my God. And Jacob's like, I rebuilt the engine. And she's like, thank you. And they get in and everyone's like, ah, and like giggling and like. There's the fight with, like, Charlie and Billy, and they're, like, roughhousing in the street. It was so great, and it kicked off the movie. And I was like, this is going to be great. If this is yeah. the tone that we're setting, and, like, Bella's trying to be optimistic. She's doing her damnedest. It's not the typical, oh, I'm stuck in this cold place with my estranged father. Like, I don't know, man. It was a great way to start for me. I was really bummed we didn't get more of the werewolves. I thought I thought mm. this was the thing. I thought it was like the the warring factions and they kind of just like touch on it. Team Jacob, Team Edward. Yeah, I thought we had to pick sides. Family. And that's fighting. what I came, I came into this like which side am I on? <laughs> you had both shirts. You had one in either hand and you were like which one yeah, do I wear? Yeah, that's the thing, right? Like you know, you got to pick sides. And I was firmly on Team Edward for a lot mm-hmm. of it. Um, and then I, and then you realize there was no choice to make. Yeah, well, yeah, but <laughs> yeah. then Jacob shows up for like a second, and his and his his like little buddies are with him, and they say something like, "You got that right," which was a great, also a great little small <laughs> line that really lit me up. Um, and he's there for that one scene, and I was like, maybe I'm on his side because he's got one scene, and he's a real goofy motherfucker. Like, what weird? Oh, he's goofy casting. and charming, yeah. and like. So warm, like the ultimate contrast to Edward. I yeah. I dug that. I yeah. get like their whole dynamic. just that little taste of the rivalry. It's definitely the focus of like the next three movies. Kind of is like their love triangle. It's like interesting. They like wanted to recast Taylor Lautner. They did. Yeah. So like studios do this. Like they did the same thing with Fifty Shades of Grey, where like after the movie comes out, they kind of float the idea of like, well, we're considering recasting so and so, because they didn't think that Taylor Lautner was buff enough to play what like a werewolf so that, and I think he was like personal trainer that would not be like my thing, to recast thing he was like a karate kid like he'd had six packs since he was like 12 yeah so it was kind of like I don't I don't get it Short but court. like they like it was honestly kind of like disgusting what they did to him like they made him like work out with a trainer for like months just so he could get super swole to like prove that he was hot enough they had the same thing with robert pattinson with this movie the people at the studio were like unconvinced that robert pattinson would be hot enough to play edward do they have eyes they they made him train for five hours a day in like the lead up to the movie because they were he went to oregon to for like a, a year or something he went to oregon for a year to like prepare and he would like train and learn how to play baseball and like he 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 went he went he deep. can play piano too huh because yeah. i was watching when he was playing that song it's really pretty actually. either he's great at faking it no he can i know they use yeah. some Ooh. of his music apparently in the movie yeah the song that's playing what? when bella gets like bit and um she's like having like her life flash before her eyes and that like weird like song that's robert pattinson yeah bad choice yeah bad choice that was not <laughs> that was so distracting at such a pivotal moment. I hate that song. Um, That's fair, but it was that his one song music. was ass. Mm-hmm. I love Robert Pattinson, but that was a terrible choice for that moment. <laughs> that one song was ass. Oh man, it was, dude. Because he's like he's like sucking the venom out of 
He's sucking the venom out of her wrist, and then all of a sudden you hear this voice like, and it's just like, dude, I couldn't tell if it was in the movie or not. I don't know. That's like one of the things that's really persisted, I think, about like the entire franchise, is every movie has a pretty sick soundtrack. I think New Moon is regarded as the best soundtrack, but I think Twilight kills it. I'm going to have to watch these just for the soundtrack. They're going to suffer so much. I know. I'm. I've become a a true like, Twilight masochist <laughs> now. Like I'm ready. I'm in. Let's go. Also, um, everyone surfing, on those beaches as high school students. That's crazy. Badass. Yeah, I know. They all got. Out I of don't the buy van. it. They were in the wetsuits, and I was like, oh, no, holy <laughs> shit! Like y'all are hard as Anna, nails. And Anna Kendrick was like, zip me up. I'm like, you are gonna die in there. Like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You are going to get, like, swept up by one of those sweeper waves. Well, and the implication was that um, What's-His-Face, the journalist, was, like, the newbie, and Anna Kendrick was, like, one of the old hands at surfing. Yeah. She was, like, giving Mm -hmm. him shit, like, oh, you only stood up on a foam board. And I was like, y'all really go out in these, like, (laughs) below-zero freezing squalls and just, like, hit the waves? That's nuts. Another one little line that I really, or moment that I love. Uh, when they're running away and getting in the car to get away from mm-hmm. the bad guys, and she gets in, she, he like puts her in the car, and he's mm-hmm. trying to put the seatbelt on her, and she's like, "Yeah, fuck off, just leave me alone. I got it, I got it, it's fine." <laughs> and they have this yeah. weird little like r- kind of real, not even real. It's like, why are you trying to put her seatbelt on? She's like, "Leave me alone, fuck off." Like, I got it, I, the seatbelt. Yeah, it's no, okay. the reaction. And it went it's, on to like, like a really weirdly long, long interaction. It's almost like they told Robert Pattinson, "Okay, try to put her seatbelt on." And we're not going to tell her that you're doing that. Also, we really wound her up in between scenes. So she's going to snap at you. It's going to be great. Like, it had the vibe where she snapped. And even I was like, oh, oh my God. Oh, like, shit. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's actually, stressed. That's like the thing when people say, like, oh, their relationship's so unhealthy. He, like, controls her with everything. It's kind of bullshit. Because, like, she, like, says no to, like, everything he suggests. Everything. He's like, we're going to go to Canada yeah. together. Yeah. And she's like, fuck that. Like, I got to go talk to my dad, you douchebag. Um, ooh, I have, like, a question because I'd really like y'all's opinion on the kissing scene. And if you guys, like, found that incredibly hot or if you were kind of squicked out by it. It was, I, I had mixed feelings thoughts. because he's having such a hard time kissing her and that tension. I can't even believe I'm, like, talking about this in this much detail right now. But uh, like the tension of like that's what he we do. can't that's what we do. kiss her without like ripping her face off, like and it's so hard for him. And then he finally kisses her. I was like this beautiful moment. And then they like really go at it, and I was like, whoa, dude, chill. Like you, you just had a really hard time kissing her, and now you guys, she doesn't even have any pants on, which really kind of comes out of nowhere too. <laughs> <laughs> it was hot. Yeah, it's cool. She didn't have pants on? Yeah. yeah, she didn't have any pants on. She doesn't have pants well, on. Well, she had her underwear on or whatever, but... Henry, how did you feel? Was that their first kiss? Yes. Okay, because there's a couple shots before that. I didn't know the first time I watched it, and then I watched for it after that, and there's a couple times where their faces get real close in previous scenes, and then they, like, pan up or cut away, tilt up, fuck you, film majors, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, and I was like man, they're really doing that horny teenager thing where you just get, like, real close to kissing and you don't. Just, like, <laughs> riding, riding that hormone wave. We've all been there. It's great. 
Um, and then there's, yeah, that scene in the bedroom. And I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was funny how he was like, all right, now don't move. Okay, don't move. Okay, really, don't don't move. Don't so don't move at all. Like he got so <laughs> close, it was just like, don't don't move. Don't move. We gotta do this really scientifically. And then they just yeah, they just go at up. it. And I was like yeah. I was like, slow down, dude, maybe start with a peck and Yeah. Yeah, I mean look, definitely hot. They're both amazingly yeah, attractive hot. people. And yeah. they built this up so well throughout the whole thing where even like I don't know, even in the lab when he comes back and she's still mad at him because she thinks that he hates her and she like turns to like say something to him and is like doing a thing with her mouth and like can't get words out and she looks like she wants to eat, eat him. him yeah and, i thought like, the exact same thing that i think they did a really good job that chemistry and i mean we could go into like english classy shit about vampire stories and how they're you know all this different hidden meaning and it's a it's a way of also doing, like, it was kind of a safe way of having, like, homoerotic stories and kind of Trojan horsing them into pop culture because you're like, ah, they're monsters. It's okay. Um, one dude kissing another dude's neck. It's fine. Um, so taking that, you know, that, that sexy sort of we want to eat each other thing and just elevating, like, that teen hormony thing yeah. i mean it, yeah it worked like that was a, yeah. and then he just like whoop, zaps back to the wall yeah why did he do that i on a second watch i still couldn't figure it out so like okay this is the thing that i was he didn't want to kill her. right because this is the thing i wanted to know if you could like either of you like noticed is that like the first mm-hmm. kiss is edward initiating mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he's like you know very slowly like and he's like wincing the whole time because it's so hard to yeah. just not kill her but every kiss after that is her. just bella like She's initiating yeah. every because she's the one straddling him, yeah. and then he kind of loses control and is like, yeah. "Let me throw you onto the bed and kiss you good, or whatever." <laughs> Let me throw Which, you like, onto the bed and kiss you good. Happen. It doesn't happen <laughs> in real life. But, like this Question. is the thing. It's like in, like in the rest of the franchise, in a lot of other like YA paranormal dystopian movies, like the girl never gets to like do the kissing. Okay. She's always mm. being kissed, yeah. usually in like vaguely like rapey ways. Yeah. So I like really love the scene because it's like one of the few scenes you have of like a teen girl like getting to like be in charge of her sexuality, and it like ends with Robert Pattinson or Edward Cullen being like, "I'm stronger than I thought." And she's like, "Fucking wish I could say the same." <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Okay. She's so horny. I, I was this gonna ask film. you. She's just so depressed and so horny. Do you feel like? <laughs> Part of this as well gets kind of trapped in that really weird that I I, I kind of get it, but like I also don't. That's kind of like this heroic trait you see in everything from like King Arthur and knights and shit to modern stories where like the male hero is like sexually pure and like resists temptation. I was thinking about that too. And then, and then there's the thing our culture does where we take problematic shit like that and we glamorize it to flip it on its head and kind of make it sexy. And then it gets complicated because we flip it so many times that we don't know if it's problematic or sexy or both. And then we say, fuck it. And I got those vibes too, where like he's he's trying to resist eating her. And I'm wondering if it's like some kind of extended, you know, Arthurian legend kind of thing. Yeah. Where he's like trying to be noble and chaste and 
you know, then she initiates it and there's like that kind of flavor of it. I don't know. I was I was getting those vibes and I was wondering if I was just reading into it or if that's kind of a theme in the series. That's absolutely a theme in the series and like part of the reason it was so popular, I think, in like my circles, so like southern Texas middle schools, was that it like teaches the concept of abstinence only in like a really romantic way. Mm-hmm. And like waiting till marriage because Yeah, I thought that. Yeah. So like Edward <laughs> Edward is a virgin. Yeah, yeah. He's 118 years old and he's never had sex because he's what? waiting for marriage. No fucking way. Yeah. I don't want to sound judgy. Actually, no, but no, that's you're right. No. But 300 years? I, I know. No, no. He's not 300 years. He's from like 1901 or something. How how did how are you? I don't understand how you're so shocked because he's like the biggest virgin in the world. Like watching this movie, he's just so. No, I'm not <laughs> shocked by his performance. I'm not shocked by that. I'm shocked by. How do you live for so long and not just give up on the bullshit and be like, all right, let's fuck. Like, I, this is dumb. Like, I'm going to I'm going to live forever. Like, what's the point? this leads to my next big question I have written down. Um, mm-hmm. he, he hints at the fact that he's been waiting for somebody. He's been he's I mean, he phrases it as I've been waiting for you my whole life. In my mind, I'm like, OK, you've been waiting for someone like her your whole life. So then I immediately start thinking, what makes her special? Well, they make a big deal out of the fact that he can't read her mm-hmm. mind. That's cool. Um, he's not scared, or she's not scared of him. That's another thing that's in her favor. Yeah, she's gorgeous, but, like, there's bound to have been gorgeous people before. He says he's killed people before, so maybe he's, like, gotten close to people and then killed them. Kate can probably fill us in with that. But for me, it was, like, this thing of, yeah, I don't know. Like, he does act very, I, I don't like the concept of virginity, but he acts like someone who hasn't had sex and has these notions in his head about what it is and like its value and he puts this premium on it and like i get it he's a vampire but like so yeah so like putting aside like who he is as a person and like his kind of like victorian upbringing and like fucked up ideas of purity and whatever in the stephanie meyer vampire lore Mm -hmm. and this is never really addressed in like the core four novels but it's addressed in the spinoff from edward's perspective is like all of the vampires have mates mm-hmm. which are oh, yeah, kind huh. of like soulmates like in a life way life mates um and yeah. that they kind of yeah they kind of put forth this idea that like if you're a vampire you don't really like feel anything super complex or like passionately until you meet your soulmate and it's like it's described in a way where like when Edward falls in love with Bella, it's like a huge like sensual like awakening for him, where like he feels all of this like joy and pain. It's like really oh my God. intense. So this is like all of our like weird wonky myths put into one thing, of like soulmates and virginity and like yeah, and it's like yeah. why all the other <laughs> vampires like have like they're all like coupled up. And, like, part of the reason yeah. why Edward's such, like, a broody, miserable person is, like... He doesn't have that. A, he thinks he's a monster destined for hell. But, like, also, he's just really lonely. No, that explains a lot. And I, I feel like there's also a conversation we should have about... Because clearly there's a lot of problems with this. There's problems with the fact that he's, you know, over 100 years old. And he still runs in 17-year-old circles. Some people think that they don't age emotionally which i was gonna ask if that was a thing and i didn't want to sound like i was like supporting pederasty but um i can buy that because okay look the other thing too is i feel like people bring real world sensibility to a a fantasy thing about 
an undead being, right? Like it, it's out of the bounds of reality. And it's this, I mean, it almost is like the demigod coming down to earth and it's like, well, okay. So if Zeus is millennia old and he's like courting someone who has even lived 80 years, it's still the same fucked up kind of thing, right? Because it's someone with vastly more experience, all that kind of thing. But then, you know, you get the backstory where it's like, yeah, I've never mated with anyone or I've never had that awakening. And then he has that. What's the difference? You know, like, what is all that experience if he has never gotten close? If to he is like a 17 year old, like brain forever, emotionally, emotionally, he yeah. definitely would fuck somebody. He's just a horny 17 year old his whole life. I don't buy the virgins. I don't buy it. Yeah, but think about all the like, I don't buy no, it. think about like the high ideals and think about all like the ways you thought about the world and you like had a personal philosophy that's like a messed up brain, then. super concrete, but also ever shifting. Imagine spending so long being a horny 17. I know, I know. But, but like put yourself back in that mindset where, I mean, shit, dude, like tell me you didn't like fall in love with somebody at that age and you're like, it's going to be forever. Like no, you just yeah. have this like heightened dramatic sense of reality i'm not saying i'm not disagreeing and with if that. he's stuck in that but he can't find that i feel like that that does justify him being like finding bella and being like whoa shit and then on top of that there's a complication of he wants to literally eat her i mean i i don't have i don't disagree with anything that you're saying about that just the sex thing being a horny 17 year old for so long yeah bound to fuck something <laughs> I'm you're stuck, stuck in the fact, in the fact that he's just... It, man. I just cannot believe it. <laughs> I have never had, like, a positive conversation with someone about this. I was ready to be defensive, and this is weird. I, th- I think the thing for me is, like, I don't... It's a love-hate thing where, like, I love Fast and Furious, but I recognize that there's a lot of really fucking bad stuff in it. So it's like, there's a lot right. of stuff in this that I, is bad, and, like, I don't like it, but... Mm-hmm. It feels slightly yeah. masochistic where I'm like, I enjoy it. Well, it's got elements it. of the yeah. Star Wars thing where Star Wars, I love it. Star Wars is kind of a trash heap hey, yeah, of yeah. seat of your pants filmmaking that's stitched together like the world's shittiest sci-fi quilt. And I think the one of the most fun things about it is you watch it, you love the characters, you love the ideas, you love the world, you love the backstory, and all you want to do is remake the film and redo the dialogue, punch up stuff, and you want to fix it, but not in like a, it was terrible way, in this beautiful kind of like, there's something there, and it's misunderstood by a lot of people. This has, this has the Star Wars energy of, yeah. like at its core, it has really cool concepts, and yeah. it's very fun. Uh, in like reality, there's a lot of weird shit going on yeah. that we can laugh at and some choices up. some dated technology some <laughs> dated takes some dated ideas do you guys want to move on to the our frames and fool segment let's let's hit it what are your favorite what's your favorite frame your favorite like image from the movie uh i've got two uh i have two okay. written down and i did little drawings of them and everything what do we got there i feel like they're not super representative of the films themselves or the film itself but they just spoke to me. They're both from the baseball scene. When Bella and Edward first get out of the car, um, there's this shot of them walking from left to right on the screen, and they're pretty far away from the camera, and that beautiful mm-hmm. waterfall is behind them, and it's super brief, super beautiful, yeah. and I love it. And it just it struck me both times I watched it. I was like, that is 
Fantastic. I want to be there. Struck me. So cool. Um, and then maybe two minutes after that, my second pick is there's the Babe Ruth shot of Carlisle, which lasts for less than a second, I'm pretty sure. And and he just like swings the bat up, points it where he's gonna smack the homer, and like the bat is close in like the foreground of the shot. And he's got that smile yeah. on his face. And it just encapsulates everything I love about that vampire family. And I was like, man, I am invested in this movie because that's the most badass thing I've ever seen. <laughs> um, those are my friends. That whole sequence is that whole sequence is like the if they they make like anime baseball shows. And that is like the most anime live action baseball yes. shit I've ever seen. Hell yeah. Like straight up. And my favorite frame is from I think that scene also, and it's when her like ballet throw, as like as cringy as some of it is, like that that whole her like picking her leg up like that and throwing is like super anime. And I've seen like in Japan they have like ballerinas and like dancers throw out first pitches and they do weird shit like that when they throw, and they're like flipping their legs around or whatever. And I that that shot is my fave. I thought you would have loathed that, honestly. I thought you were... I do. I oh, do, okay. actually. Yeah. I do loathe it. But I there's parts of it that I really like, and I appreciate that baseball is still in popular media. So, anyway. <laughs> Kate, you got a, you got a fave? <laughs> I have two favorites. Yeah. The first one is the shot of Charlie cleaning his gun, and, like, Bella's talking to him. And there are, like, these two Rainier beers, like, oh, yeah. lined up perfectly, so you can see. Just right there. Perfectly lined up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The R just continues from one can to the other. So and good. My second favorite is when, like, the nomad vampires are, like, walking out of the mist on, like, this weird, like, treadmill. Oh, my God. Yeah. And they're floating. Yeah. They're fucking, yeah. like, floating. The they're, like, they're just, speed like, moving. Yeah. yeah, that's an interesting frame because the motion is so part of it i'm trying to think of how i'm gonna storyboard that if that's the one you go with because you gotta have like some wind like yeah (laughs) things some action lines but it's like (laughs) but not the woods the woods are going by slower let's debate favorite characters let's let's nominate and defend our fool of the the week okay i'll kick it off because i got a wild okay so at first i thought carlisle he's my guy and then on a second viewing i thought no, the true MVP of this movie is the biology teacher, and that is my nomination. I think he's the best. I don't even remember what his name is, but he's like the coolest teacher on the planet. Yeah, Mr. Molina, he's the shit. Why do I always know who you're gonna pick? I'm like, because it's <laughs> it's gonna be the bit part comedic relief with a lot of heart who carries a scene through pure charisma. And he's yeah, I knew, yeah. <laughs> fucking knew it. I knew you. He's go running for around him. and he's doing the the compost thing, and he's like, "Let's get some nice warm uh, compost tea." And everyone's like, "Compost oh, he's tea, Mister Molina." Oh man, this is so awesome. There's the golden onion. Yeah. I love that. Yes, detail. and she's carrying they, it. Okay. Yeah. How did they win? Because they were spending all of their time flirting and being passive aggressive with each other, and they still won the competition and got the golden onion. Is the rest of the class stupid? They identified like four. They identified four phases of mitosis while they're flirting. Like, that was the framework of their flirting. That was the frame. That's true. Anaphase. And also, like, I don't know if, like, this is world building or if Edward's just, like, a huge dick, but he's always shocked anytime Bella knows anything. (laughs) Yeah, So I kind of think the Washington public school system is just really suffering and everyone at Forks is just, like, a huge idiot. Because, like, how else would they not notice that, like, six vampires go to school with them? 
what do you got, Henry? I am a sucker for good movie dads, and this one was stacked. I wanted to nominate all three of the dads that we talked about, Carlisle, Charlie, and uh, Billy. You could do a trio. You could nominate a trio of dads. I want to. Yeah, I think I think for me it's the dads, because like Charlie was trying so hard, and I dug it. He was so sweet. Billy was doing his thing. Um, so I'm going to nominate the trio of dads because I feel like they provide like a good backbone of wholesomeness for this whole endeavor. So yeah, so that's my nomination. I feel it. All right. Kate? I think I'm going to go with Edward Cullen, actually, because okay. every time I watch this movie, I always notice something new that Robert Pattinson does that is incredibly hilarious but also like emotionally resonant and like just really adds to the movie as a whole yeah specifically this time i noticed in that very last scene where they're dancing at prom and bella's basically beautiful scene i want to kill myself (laughs) oh wait that's my frame i'm sorry it's the frame where he leans down and kisses her on the kisses her neck yeah damn that was yeah that was my third choice and i was like it's too obvious i can't Okay. But there's, like, this part where, like, you know, he, like, kisses her on the neck and he brings her back up and he's like, is it not enough to live a long and happy life with me? And she says, it is for now. And he makes this little face, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> but he's, like, so heartbroken. He's like, why the fuck did I have to fall in love with this girl that's so depressed and, like, doesn't care about herself so much that she wants me to kill her so that she can be with me? And it's hilarious and the first time i watched it i was like Ugh. but then the second time i was like oh god our pets <laughs> you're giving it your all he's truly the mvp right now yeah he's killing it damn i kind of want to stand by mr molina because mm-hmm. a lot of times you know we pick the fool that's like a, a secondary character who's also has a lot of time but or the main character which I'm just going to pull that out now and say Damn. it's the main character. You went for the jugular. But I truly believe Mr. Molina is the lifeblood. I think he's the lifeblood of the students. Cool. He keeps everyone happy. <laughs> he's the cool yeah. guy. So without him in the movie, you just have a bunch of depressed teenagers, and you don't have that cool teacher because every high school movie needs that cool teacher mm-hmm. to, like, be cool, you know? You got Sandman from Easy A. I rest yeah. my case. So I, I might have misunderstood the assignment, and I thought we were, like, picking, like, the most, like, foolish person. Oh, it, like... it's just it's just the moniker. Yeah, it's it's who you think. It's just your favorite person. Carries the favorite your, person. Yeah, okay. your favorite person. I still stand by this. This is the reason. This is the moment I fell in love with Robert Pattinson's portrayal of Edward Cullen. As they're in the hallway after they win the Golden Onion, and Bella's like, hey, did you get contacts? Like, your eyes were so dark, and now they're and he... golden brown. And he's like, uh, it's the fluorescence, and just like <laughs> leaves, like he doesn't say anything. <laughs> yeah. He's so stiff, and he and he runs with his head like tucked too. Yeah, he closes his eyes and goes, "It's the fluorescence." <laughs> yep, and then just bolts it. And then Man, after he right. stops the car, and like Bella's like talking to him in the hospital, and she's like, "You fucking like, you stopped the van." He's like, he like gives it two tries. He's like, "I think you're confused." You hit your head. Well, no one's going to believe you anyway. Like, oh, he's just can, like I, can I read horrible. the exact transcript of that gaslighting? Uh, yes. That gaslighting yeah. uh, 
Gaslighting one hundred and one. You want to teach um, somebody what gaslighting is? Just show them that goes. scene, and you're like, um, that's it, right there. I was standing right next to you. Blah blah blah. You hit your head. Blah blah blah. I think you're confused. Blah blah blah. Nobody's gonna believe you. <laughs> like, and I tried to like justify it by being like, he's not like gaslighting he, someone to get them to hook up. He's trying to protect her. This is a life or death thing. She could die if she digs too deep. He's not sure at this point if he can control himself. So in a weird way, I'm like, it's a superhero yeah, life. dude, do whatever you got to do yeah. to push her away. Be that terrible person. But my God, what a classic, like, yeah. four-part punch gaslighting marathon. You've you've kind of won me over with with yeah. that. Only because he drives like a fucking maniac. The man was like a crazy person. <laughs> he did the move that we used to do at uh, at school. He did the fucking move. He, he did the fucking like, backup so spin the and then peel off. Yeah, like professionally. Oh. It was wild. That was the cleanest version of that move. Like, I've seen the Bourne movies, James Bond, everything in between. And they all try that move. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen it where it's an unbroken camera angle of the car backing up whipping it perfectly 180 degrees and then immediately accelerating it was gorgeous <laughs> so i want to know the reaction on set from that scene because i can't in the right world i can't imagine somebody seeing that and not just giggling their fucking head off because like what the fuck he just did like an insanely cool thing fucking drifts perfectly. around the corner stops perfectly <laughs> in front of them at an angle like just, like, right there. The whole time, he's just, like, screaming, you should put your seatbelt on. It's great. I love it. And he's laughing when he says it. That's the funniest, but that's such a weird scene where it's so he's, weird. like, he's, like, <laughs> like, hold me back. Like, he's doing his whole thing, and she's freaked out, and, <laughs> yeah, and he's, like, <laughs> you should put your seatbelt on, nervously laughing. So good. Such weird energy. I think there is, like, a fourth character we're not considering as like a dark horse in this race oh and it's the blue tint (laughs) oh fuck (laughs) this is something every other director immediately abandons in the franchise they're like put that away i don't like it they go for the orange yeah it gets very warm it's a strange choice i will i love the dads but i will happily withdraw my nomination because for as fantastic as they are. And I, I do think it elevates the movie to have like positive relationships and like super rad dads who are there and doing their best. Like it gives it this really nice underpinning. But I mean, I can't picture anybody but Robert Pattinson doing yeah. what he does and carrying this. And lip service to um, Bella Swan. She's also carrying a lot of the weight, but I feel like it's, I don't know. I feel like a lot of it's a reaction to what our Pats is doing. I yeah, I, I agree. I think he he wins out a hundred percent, and Robert Pattinson is the winner this week. Nobody else matters. Okay. But. No one else mattered. Hold on, I, something's been rattling around in my brain that I think for me sums up the tragedy of this whole thing. Is I think there's many different flavors of suspension of disbelief, like different levels of it. Um, and I think one of them is something like this, where it's kind of the Star Wars thing too, where if you let yourself buy into it and you stop trying to demolish it and you hop off the bandwagon and you really open yourself up to it, 
you start noticing those moments and you start having those debates in your head about the emotions happening and about the subtleties. And I think it kills me that this film, I think in particular in the pantheon of recent films that get mocked or overlooked or whatever else, like this one's like the poster child for it. And yeah, watching this more than once, like a closing thought, I'm sorry, wrong time, but it kills me that like so many people who haven't even seen it are just like, <laughs> and then don't think about it, but there's so much to dig into like so much more so than a bunch of other movies that get a lot more play and are more mediocre. Like they're yeah. not even worse. They're not better. They're just forgettable and yeah. they're not Twilight so they don't get hated. I don't know. Well, this has been a delightful conversation. Yeah. Um, and I'm so glad that we could have you on, Kate, to dive into the world of Twilight for the first time for me and I would assume for the first time for Henry as well. Um, thank you for being our guide. Thank you so much for having me. Usually, everyone else in my life tells me to shut up. No. So this was great. We're here to listen. This is what it's we're all about. We're here to learn. <laughs> yeah, dude. We're here to appreciate. Because we're here to learn about cinema. If you yeah, want to appreciate watch cinema. the rest of the franchise and feel deeply upset, I might, call me. I might rage watch. This one, yeah. I love no, rage watch. watch yeah, this has been the best. Um, thanks for coming on. This has been super fun, and we'll definitely have you on again for something else. Yeah, so just send us your next PowerPoint. Sweet. And, uh, Here to yeah. provide my expertise. Hell yeah. I hope we've changed some minds, or at least, you know, gotten people to reconsider some stuff. Any last words, Kate, for our listeners before we depart? Say, if you're going to watch it, just connect with your inner teenage girl. Have fun, and hold on tight, Spider-Man. Oh, God, I Hey everyone, don't leave just yet. I have one more thing to tell you. I just want to let you know that there is going to be a companion episode to this. It's going to be about 30 minutes, and it's going to be Kate uh, talking about Catherine Hardwick, the director, and a lot of the behind the scenes of the film and why she didn't direct the rest of the saga. Uh, so keep a lookout for that this week, and thanks for listening. Uh, we love you. Thank you.